It's time for JT the Brick. How are we doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? What do we want to talk about with the Raiders? So I want to see an interception. I want to see some sacks. Raiders come with four. Here comes the fifth rusher. And he's sacked. Deshaun Bauer had him around the waist. And the Raiders defense holds on fourth down. And then your boy JT got it right. JT the Brick. Always, always great to be with the Brick. I don't spend a lot of time on teams that don't make the playoffs. We talk about what matters in championships and winning here. It's Big Boy Radio. That is the best atmosphere in a preseason game that I've ever been a part of. And that's easy to say that, clearly. Get your ass out here and get ready. Here we go. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you on a busy day today. Hope everybody's doing well as we open up the show with the tweet brought to you by... PT's Taverns, they fuel the monologue, 5 to 7, midnight to 2, the best happy hour in town. Head on out to PT's, have a great time at PT's, head on out and support PT's as they fund this radio show's monologue, and I can't thank them enough for the partnership. Pretty basic show today. we got two big guests. The voice of the Raiders, Jason Horowitz, will join us at the bottom of this hour, and then next hour at 1.30, Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. So two valuable Raider insiders here on our insider network that we have on my show. So I'm excited about that. Uh, An announcement today. We just uh, hosted a brand new podcast on Raiders.com and on YouTube. So it's going to debut today in the middle of the show. So I want you to listen, but I want you to watch if you're on YouTube. It's called Raiders Roundtable. And it's myself and Q Myers here from Raider Nation Radio and Lincoln Kennedy. And we'll do that every week on Tuesday. And it's about 40, 45 minutes. It doesn't have a firm start and stop. But we put it up there 1 o'clock on YouTube. It'll be a recap of the previous game, a preview of the upcoming game, which is Kansas City, and then some topics around the league. So Raiders Roundtable, we just knocked it out. I felt pretty good about it in that podcast center that they have. There's a lot of cool B-roll and video and touchdowns and Amik Robertson's scoop and score. It's all there. And that starts off today as we open up the show. So we celebrated yesterday, we the fans. The players now have to get ready for Kansas City. That is a daunting test for this organization and this team. Going back to Al Davis, this rivalry is about as real as any rivalry that I've seen in football. A lot of people talk Dallas and the Redskins. It is. Chicago and the Bears. As you know, and if you're new to the Raider Nation... The Raiders are hated by all the teams in their division. They all have Raiders on the brain. They were brought up hating the Raiders because of the success of the Raiders. From the 60s into the 90s, there's been some slow seasons, but the Raiders have had the greatest players to play in the greatest games. You know the names. Ted Hendricks, Howie Long, The Stork. We talk about Tim Brown, all the legends who have played. Cliff Branch, Fred Bolitnikoff. A lot of teams don't have that. They do. You know, Chargers have Dan Fouts, John Jefferson, Kansas City's got Bobby Bell, Len Dawson, may rest in peace. The Raiders have more, and they have a bigger brand, and the brand is associated with the color silver and black and the pirate with the eye patch. And if you're not a fan of the team, if you're not into the Raiders, you're taught to dislike the Raiders. So all these teams, you can stop Marty Schottenheimer back in the day in Kansas City or the Chargers, Gunther Cunningham. You can go back in the day to Mike Shanahan. Anybody, any coach in this division would say their goal is to beat the Raiders. The Raiders want to beat everybody, but they don't don't lose sleep at night 
over the history of the franchise about anybody else. Al Davis said, we'll take what we want. And the Raiders have lived by that moniker. So I want to begin the show with Mr. Davis. I thought this was appropriate today. Bobby, our excellent producer, thought so too. This is about two minutes to set the tone for the rest of my monologue and what I expect from you, the Raider fans from here on out going into Kansas City. It's number one to say you want to do that. It's number two to say that you have the players to do it, but it's number three to do it. To do it on first down of any football game for that defense that you're playing against. For those cornerbacks who play out there on the corners to know that the Raiders are coming at you, they're coming at you on top, and they've got the speed to do it, and they will do it. It's like having the bomb and being willing to drop it. The adage that goes around in professional football, and I hear everyone say it, take what they give you. That all sounds good to everybody, but I always went the other way. We're going to take what we want. The defensive theory evolved early on in the 60s to number one, pressure. Put pressure on the pocket. We do believe that this is a game psychologically of intimidation and of fear. I don't mean cowardly fear, but fear. And I think this, that somewhere within the first five to 10 plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. That alone sets a tempo for a game. Play hard, try not to make mistakes, but don't worry about mistakes because there's only one thing that counts. Just win. Commitment to uh, excellence is a commitment to excellence. The flame that would burn brightest here is the will to win. Is the will to win. Is the will to win. Your commitment to excellence and your will to win will endure forever. You will not get All right, so that's Mr. Davis in a montage that we thought would be appropriate to play in front of Kansas City. So forget about Denver. Denver's over. Denver's lost six out of seven to the silver and black five in a row. They're a mess. And they have, a, they have an extra win on the Raiders. They do, because the Raiders lost the Arizona game. Talked about the Arizona game. The Arizona game was critical, because the Raiders would be at 2-2 two and two easily at 2-2, two and two, instead of in a tough spot at 1-3, and three, going into what I consider the toughest football game of the year. And what our job to do on this show all the rest of the week is to find out how to win this game. Act like a fan, but come in sharp and smart and put together the game plan here over the next couple of days and give me your impression on how the Raiders win this game. Every year, if you've been listening to me for 20 minutes or over 20 years, you know I freak out about misdirection. Misdirection is the word I use during the Kansas City week because that's what Kansas City does because it works against this organization up until now. It's a new organization with Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. They come from the Patriots' way, they've seen everything, and they've excelled at a higher level over the last 20 years, 12 years, 15 years. So that organization has been better than Kansas City in winning, and winning in big spots. So I begin by starting with Josh McDaniels. I am led to believe up until now, and I will say this as long as I believe this, that his strength is a play caller, an epic play caller, the most successful play caller who's a non-head coach. Remember, six Super Bowls without being a head coach. No one's been close to that. No one's ever done that. So he has that experience. He's going up against one of the great play callers ever in Andy Reid. 
Andy Reid is a head coach, still calls the plays, and he's that good. So you got two great play callers going after it. I mean great, not good. They're both great. Defensively, Steve Spagnuolo's had success with Super Bowls with the Giants, Kansas City, Patrick Graham, who we're going to get to his press conference in a little bit, is an up-and-coming, established defensive name, defensive coordinator, and maybe soon-to-be head coach, which was what I was told by a lot of people in the industry before he came to the Raiders. Hey, watch out. Patrick Graham might not be here two years from now. He might be a head coach. I mean, Joe Judge was a head coach. Matt Patricia was a head coach. A lot of guys are head coaches. Nate Hackett's a head coach. If Graham does a good enough job here, he could be a head coach in this league. So that's coaching. Advantage Kansas City, Andy Reid. Now we go to players where Kansas City has had a very big advantage against the Raiders with players for quite some time. But recently they lost two that had mattered in this rivalry. Tyreek Hill, who in my mind will go down in NFL history as one of the greatest Raider opponents of all time. Right up there with Junior Seau, LaDainian Tomlinson, the foresaid mentioned Bobby Bell of Kansas City, John Elway, right? John Elway. I put Tyreek Hill on that level. He's gone. The Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger is now in New Orleans. He's been a big part of this rivalry. He's been the center fielder on the back end. He's gone. And then the third player would be Travis Kelsey, who has developed into a Hall of Famer for whatever reason hasn't slowed down once. He is an elite player. But here's the cool part. Tyreek Hill's gone, Honey Badger's gone, Kelsey's still there, Mahomes is elite. Mahomes is in a higher level than Derek Carr, no debate. He is elite. Derek Carr is not elite. He's very, very good, and he could play some games where he plays at such a high level, you could say, man, he might be an elite quarterback. It's nine years in. But now the Raiders have even the score when it comes to players. They have Max Crosby. They have Chandler Jones, who I know you're not thrilled with, and he's going to start waking up. He woke up in this last game. Okay, Max Crosby is a brilliant player. They have Darren Waller, who's one of the best tight ends there. Act like it. Go become Kelsey in this game. You want to be a top three guy? You already are. Play like the number one guy. I believe in Darren Waller. Devontae Adams is the top receiver in football. That means he's better than everybody on Kansas City. And Hunter Renfro hoping he gets through protocol, is one of the best slot players, and they have good slot players in Kansas City. Kansas City's offensive line isn't great. The Raiders is a work in progress. And then if you start looking at Kansas City, you go man-to-man, it's pretty much a break-even. So Raiders got the players to go win this game. But they have to play at the highest level, which means if Chandler Jones doesn't show up and Darren Waller has two receptions for 25 yards, Raiders are not going to win the game. We just talked about this today on the roundtable. Every Raiders star with the C on his jersey has to play like a pro bowler in order to win this road game. And then it comes down to what I think is the last and most important thing, the intangibles. What are the intangibles? The intangibles are, can the Raiders score on defense? Well, they just did. Got a little momentum. Amik Robinson, the scoop and score. The intangibles, the kicking game. Carlson, I think, is a better kicker. They have that. Raiders special teams does not look great to me. The kicker looks great, and the punter, I don't like the Raiders special teams coverage so far this year. So you have all that going on. So with everything that's happening here, I think this is a closer game on paper than what the national media thinks. Problem is, I've said that before, and Kansas City's won 45 
to 21, or they've blown them out. So for this week, I think it's critical for the Raiders to get to halftime. Just get to halftime. Get to halftime tied, down three, up three, play one half of football at the end. That is a playoff game. I'd like to see Josh McDaniels go into halftime and tell his team, great job. We're in the game. We got this thing. Let's go play great for 30 minutes and win. That's the only way it's going to happen. If the Raiders get blown out early in this game and they're down two scores, it's going to take a miracle for them to come back, and I'm not preaching miracles. I just want to see them win this game. So I've given you a lot right there. Josh Jacobs is coming off a brilliant game. Derek Carr ran the ball seven times. He needs to do that in Kansas City. Max Crosby had two sacks. He's the leader in this league when it comes to tackles from defensive ends behind the line of scrimmage. Perryman's in the protocol. That concerns me. So as they go out and Blake Martinez comes in, who can play, to the practice squad as a hedge bet on this, we need Perryman to play. Merrigan Abrams. Jonathan Abram is playing better. He's playing better. He concerns me in this game because if Mahomes sees him at the line of scrimmage or thinking he's going to fake out Patrick Mahomes, good luck. Kelsey wants to find Abram all day long. We need to get him some help. And then it comes down to what I think is critical, this offensive line. They played really physical and tough and angry against Denver. They were excellent. Look at the Josh Jacob runs that were extended runs. You had offensive linemen five, six yards downfield looking for donkeys to knock on their ass. That is a very important moment with this franchise now. The young guns and the young players like Mumford and Parnham are ready to play. They're going to have a bad game here or there, but they play good. They have momentum. And Josh McDaniels, I think, is going to build off all this momentum this week. So there's a lot of good things happening here, everybody. But it's really much like Game of Thrones and the dragon. Like, if you don't have an army, you're not going to get the dragon. Like, you're not going to get the dragon with one or two guys. You need to have everybody playing great to take down the dragon, which is Mahomes. Mahomes loves playing the Raiders. He does. Phillip Rivers loved playing the Raiders. These guys get up for these games. It's Raider week in Kansas City. That's what they call it there. They're focused. They want to bury the Raiders, send the Raiders to one and four into the bye week. So it's a tall task. How do they win? I got a couple more shows to figure it out. Am I encouraged? Absolutely. Do I think they're going to win? I don't predict wins. They're going to have to play close to perfect to win, and we haven't seen anywhere near that. Haven't seen anywhere near that. Perfect football. So now I open it up to you to get your opinion. 702-365-9200. Remy Martin, team up for excellence. Remy Martin, cocktail in my hand. You better believe if the Raiders win this game Monday, I got a room at the M. I don't have to work that night on Sirius. I'll be drinking a Remy Martin toast in the Raider Nation if they're able to pull off this game. Jason Horowitz at the bottom of the hour. Paul Gutierrez in an hour. And then it's wide open for you at 702-365-9200. I'm waiting on Aaron Judge. Uh, Judge is playing in a doubleheader today for the Yankees. And he hasn't homered early in this game. He's got to homer today. He's going to have anywhere from 8 to 10 at-bats. If he doesn't get it today, the pressure's on him in the last game. I don't know how he's going to be able to do that. So a very important moment tonight. I hope the judge hits that home run while I'm on the air on Raider Nation Radio. That would be a lot of fun if he's able to do that. And then last night, we go to the 49ers, and I thought the 49ers played at a very high level. Uh, The pick six 
off of Matthew Stafford was the key to the game. Niners have some of the best defensive players in football. Stafford going to throw out right, intercepted and coming back the other way. Talanoa Hufunga, touchdown! Yep, they ended up getting it done on the 49ers radio network and the 49ers win that game and they beat the world champs and they beat them easily. With Jimmy Garoppolo, he played really well. Sean McVay had players arguing and fighting and having to be separated on the sideline of that game. Uh, very, They weren't composed in that game last night, and Stafford played like he was playing in Detroit back in the day. For McVay, he talked about it after the game. They weren't right. You know, self-inflicted wounds, um, you know, just above-the-neck airs where we're not doing the things that we're capable of, and I expect us to, to be better than that. Yeah, he was upset at the end of the game. He called Matthew Stafford. He met Matthew Stafford on the out-of-bounds line when he threw that pick and got into it with him. That was a bad throw at a time where they could have got back in the game. Jimmy Garoppolo, to his credit, I mean, the Niners are in a good situation. They're the best backup quarterback in football, no doubt, and Garoppolo was big. Yeah, I I think every week I'll just keep feeling better and better. You know, the shoulder's just, uh, it's tough during the season to to get it right, but it's, uh, you know, we got a long season ahead of us, so hopefully every week it'll get better and better. Uh, That was one of the best defenses I've seen this year. And we talked to Lincoln Kennedy about it on Raiders Roundtable that's coming up at 1 o'clock on YouTube. And Lincoln made a really good point. The Niners' pass rush, led by Nick Bosa, is so good that it enables their extremely good athletes on the back end to go make plays. And they, they have tight, sticky coverage, and they have some ball hawks there. And Warner is a fantastic linebacker. They got a great linebacker in Warner. So I've said this before. I don't mind saying it. The Niners have a Super Bowl roster. The question is, can they win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo? It's the same thing I'm asked about Derek Carr. Exact same question. Can the Niners win with Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, they were one pass away from beating Kansas City. How would that compensation have changed Kansas City? They'd still be looking for their second Super Bowl. And the same thing I say about Derek Carr. Uh, Derek Carr is in a scenario where... Derek Carr can play at a Super Bowl level every time he takes the field. All right, so that's the monologue. I'm excited. It was great to be at the Raiders today. Thursday, I interview the head coach. Also Thursday, I'll be at the Shriners Open. I'll be up on the hill broadcasting from one of the coolest golf events, the opening round of the Shriners. If you're going there, you got to pass. If you want a ticket through Lotus Broadcasting, come on out and see me. I'm excited that we're going to be there. And I'm excited that we're going to be ready to roll. So that'll be that. And then on Friday, I'm off emceeing the Simon Keith Foundation Golf Tournament, which is one of the biggest events on my calendar all year. Simon Keith, the first professional athlete ever to have a heart transplant. He's had two. And the amount of money he raises at this golf tournament and the banquet afterwards is great. So I'll be doing that all day Friday. We'll have some best of programming here, some good interviews, and I'm excited about that. Out to Monterey. Good to hear from Jay. Start us off, Jay. Hey, JT, good afternoon. Hey, listen, it was great to get a chance to meet you at the Torch uh, at the opener. Um, Same here. And have my, boy, have my boy come up there and say, hello, what an incredible experience it was for that 15-year-old to get to see Eric Allen and Mr. Plunkett and shake JT's hands. And I thank you for recognizing that shit. He got to see a couple of alumni in, a, in one of the service elevators that we dipped into. Mm-hmm. His eyes were big as saucers, man. Welcome to the nation, son. Um, hey, Jay, there's so much to talk about, bro. Uh, I didn't get back to you the week after. I tried to call. Couldn't hang on the line long enough. I was taking care of business all that mm-hmm. next week. So I haven't called since the home opener or texted or anything. And I want to tell you what an incredible day it was. It was like a microcosm 
of my Raiders experience. Clean out of Monterey, clean into the stadium, clean up to the torch. Great experience with you guys. Shaking a Eric Sam, and how good is that? Mm-hmm. Um, great experience, up 20-6 to six in the first. And then all oh, the agony of defeat for the last. All right, but Jay, I, Jay, I got to get in, Jay, I got to get into this Kansas City. I got to get into the Kansas. Get into the Kansas City game, please. I got you. I got you. Listen, I don't know if I'm looking at a win or not in, uh, in this game. It would be great to see. Uh, let's just call it now. Pro Bowl nasty Nate Hobbs, my dog. He's gonna ball out, right? Let's see what we can do against Kelsey. It's the same old story, JT. But look at man, Max Crosby, Pro Bowler. Mm-hmm. Nate, Nate Hobbs. Pro Bowler. This kid, number 71, that we picked up, you see him throw certain on his ass when Jake was made that touchdown? That guy is my kind of guy. You see him hopping around on the sidelines. I want to see 71 get some time at the tackle spot, so hopefully uh, uh, we can get Josh can get him rotated in there. Feed Josh Jacobs, bro. Get J.J. Yep. the ball. We all saw it. That's what we got to do against uh, against Mahomes. And nasty Nate Hobbs, bro. He is gonna, the natural, bro. He is going to be a Pro Bowler this year. Gotcha. I think he's going to be a perennial guy. Thank you, Jay. Have a great week. Yeah, people. thank you, man. Good to meet your son at the Torch. I always say come see us at the Torch. I appreciate you doing that. That was a great Josh Jacobs game, 144 yards, 28 carries. He was running hard all game. We need him to do it again. Hollins and Waller off to the left. Broncos show blitz. The handoff is to Jacobs. First through the 10. Cuts up field five. Drives forward. He's in. Touchdown, Josh Jacobs. Touchdown, Raiders. He bullied his way through the end zone on an 11-yard carry, and the Raiders take a 9-7 lead with 11.46 in the half. Uh, Jason Horowitz on the call, and I appreciate him. He's going to join us in about 10 minutes. Breaking news from the New York Post, page 6. Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen seem to be heading to the end zone. Both have retained divorce lawyers, multiple sources say. So, look, when it's in the news, I can talk about it. I don't talk about people's marriages unless they're in the news. And that's in the news now. You're going to see that all over the place as we continue on. Raider Dave is out in Denver. Raider Dave, thanks for holding. What's happening? Hey, you see it the same way I do. I know it. That void in the Raider defense over the middle has got to get cleaned up, whether it's Diablo and Abrams putting on the hits. I don't care what it is, but Kelsey cannot go off in this next hey game. dave dave let me dave let me tell you focus. dave hold on let me tell you something about diablo who i like a lot i like his his body his style his body language i don't give a lot of credit for a guy that gives up an 11 yard pass in front of him and just tackles the guy there's been a lot of those tackles over the middle of the field where guys get beat and they tackle someone after losing to, after a 12 yard gain i want to see You're those right. passes deflected defended and i want to see the quarterbacks have to go another way it's been broadway it's been right open down the middle of the field patrick graham's got to clean that up you're right and these guys need to understand that when the backs come out of the backfield like uh henry did you got to meet them at the ball i mean it, there, there's a lot of rules that have been changed where the defense can't really take it to people but you can go full george atkinson jack tatum when somebody's over the middle like that and turning your back to you as a runner, Hilaire, or whatever, it comes through the line to get a to get a pass. So, yeah, they've got to bracket this guy, and they've got to shut him down. He can't have but three receptions the whole game, or the Raiders are not going to be in the W column here. Yeah, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. You know, the defense, look, it's a really big conceptual thing for Raider fans who know defense. They're playing zone. I talk to Raider Mort every day. Raider Mort's been there from the first ever Raider game until now. He says, at some point in time, you better have the players on the roster to play man-to-man. 
And he told me that over the years, Willie Brown and Skip Thomas got beat. There were years where great Raider cornerbacks. Mike, Mike Haynes, not much. Lester Hayes, not much. But look, you can have a zone principle scheme on defense if you have a young defense, you got injuries and all that. When you got a guy like Nate Hobbs, let Nate Hobbs go man-to-man. Let him play man-to-man. Now, if you can't do that on the other side with a Meek Robertson because you think he's going to get burned, even though he had a good game, and then you want to run a zone, just tighten the zone up a bit. Easier said than done. Kelsey is a zone nuclear bomb. Whatever you put at Kelsey, he breaks. The thing that's infuriated me about the Raiders over the years, infuriated me, is when they let Kelsey go. Raise your hand and beep your horn if you've seen that. They line up over Kelsey. Okay, They put their hands on Kelsey. Kelsey beats him off the line and someone lets him go. Assuming that someone's going to be there to pick up Kelsey. He's a Hall of Famer. You can't assume that Jonathan Abram's going to pick up Kelsey if you let him go. You can't assume two-year player Trayvon Merrick is going to go, oh, Kelsey's running free right at me. I got this. No, he doesn't have that. Kelsey's a Hall of Famer. So you bust him in the jaw at the line of scrimmage and try to get him off the ball. And then you double-team him. The Bill Belichick way. We're going to take one guy out of the game. You don't have to take Tyreek Hill out of the game anymore. He's not there. You must take Kelsey out of the game. And in order to do that, you got to play physical and double-team him, and he's still available to get open. That's one of the issues I've seen with Darren Waller this year. Darren Waller's been double-teamed. Derek doesn't have enough time. Derek's going to Devontae, or they're handing the ball off, and you're watching, where's Waller? Well, Waller's getting hit at the line of scrimmage, and he's double-teamed. So it takes a little bit to get him open. You need the extra time. Mahomes makes the time. Derek needs time, right? He needs the offensive line to give him time. Mahomes don't. Pocket breaks down, he just does a pirouette like a ballerina, runs eight feet to the right, and then Kelsey, oh, there he is, like a deer in the forest, running free, 10 yards, no one's on him, and he's Travis Kelsey. That must stop in the era of Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels and Patrick Graham. No more of these free, hold your hand, run your routes. No, let's get back to Raider football, George Atkinson style. Oh, yeah, we'll let Russ Francis run over the middle of the field, and we'll take him out, and then he won't do it again. It's hard to do that with Kelsey. As you can tell, I have a lot of respect for him. 702-365-9200. As we begin, brought to you by Grimaldi's, the best pizza I ever had. Get the Brooklyn Bridge. Get those Caesar salads, the Mediterranean salad. No better place to go to get a pizza. Sit down outside at Boca Park. Oh, it's gorgeous out there. I feel like I'm in the Sopranos and I'm sitting outside the pork store whenever I'm at the Grimaldi's in Boca. Come see me there. Wilson lifts the right leg, gets the ball, they bring the blitz off the edge, and they got to him! Nate Hobbs coming around the left side, circled Wilson to the turf back at the 34, and the silver and black gonna get off the field. Oh, how good does Jason Horowitz sound? Voice of the Raiders brought to you by Resorts World. Check out Red Tail at Resorts World Las Vegas, the newest property on the Strip. 
and enjoy all the drama before the party as Red Tail is the spot to pregame Zook Nightclub. Sip and skip with your Red Tail wristband. You get right to the front of the line to enter the biggest super club where I have to bring the voice of the Raiders next time he's in town. Hello, Jason. <laughs> uh, hi. You know, that's totally my alley, right? <laughs> you know, you know funny? You're going to see you know a lot more. Funny, Go ahead. JT? Yeah. Uh, no, I was just going to say it's funny is that, like, you know, the last the last couple of weeks, um, you know, I've got little kids. So when you have little kids and they're in school and, you know, kids bring home sicknesses and, you know, all that stuff. And so, like, the last two weeks, because of all that, I've been battling, you know, some colds and some non-COVID illnesses the last couple of weeks. So you know what time I went to bed when I got to Las Vegas last week? <laughs> I was asleep by 9.15. How upsetting is that? <laughs> well, you have to save your voice, unlike me, that destroys my voice by Friday. You have to have your voice ready to go on Sunday. But how's, how's it been as the voice of the Raiders when you go back home and go back east and you're talking to friends and family and your kids and you're seeing the Raiders and they use your call on a broadcast, you see it on TV. How proud are you yeah. now to have your first win as the voice of the Raiders? That's a great accomplishment. Well, the same way that I don't feel like it was my fault that the team was 0-3, mm-hmm. <laughs> I also shouldn't take any credit for the first win. Um, no, it's been great, though. I, you know, uh, look, I, we've all had careers, and you know, everybody in the business, and you do things, and you work your way to get up to wherever it is you want to get to. And you know, like, I've been fortunate enough to have big things that I've done in my career before. Um, but, but as you and I talked about the day that it was announced, like, this felt different. And, um, you know, being around NFL games every Sunday feels different. I'm imagining Monday, my first time ever working Monday night football, oh, by the way, at Arrowhead in a spot where the, you know, the Raiders uh, won a couple years ago, but in general been dominated by the Chiefs the last eight, nine years. You know, it's going to feel different. Um, so it has all been really cool. Uh, it's been surreal. It's been a lot of fun to come back and, um, see some friends wearing Raiders hats, even though they're Giants or Jets fans. <laughs> so, like, that's been pretty fun. Awesome. Jason Horowitz is our guest. So, as we look back at the game before we preview Kansas City, what do you know about the offensive line, the physicality? I saw a bunch of pushing. I saw downfield blocks as Josh Jacobs yeah. kept his motor going. That was really important as they're trying to get the final five here moving forward, which they might have. Yeah, I mean, for, first of all, Jacobs with his breaking tackle, with, his, with the ability to break tackles, has been great all year. But it was at another level on Sunday. Um, but but he's breaking those tackles four or five yards down the field. He wasn't breaking them for the most part four yards behind the line of scrimmage. And you know there were a couple of times where Link and I pointed out there was one. I don't remember exactly what play it was, but there was one play. It was a toss to the left. And Colton Miller and Alex Bars cleared everybody seven yards to the right. And it was, it was great. And so, look, I, I realize the Raiders are still, you know, at least outwardly trying to find exactly what the best combo is going to be. I think from a run perspective, they have found something with Alex Bars. Uh, John Simpson was inactive mm-hmm. on Sunday. I think that says something. And I think that Sarah Munford has proven himself to be worthy of starting at right tackle. And I know he didn't start on Sunday, but he played a lot more snaps than Jermaine Illuminor, and and I wonder if that's the case moving forward. Uh, Jason Horowitz, voice of the Raiders. No, that's important because I think seventh-round picks and Dylan Parnham, who went in the third round, every game they play isn't going to be great. Right, they're rookies. They're going to have games where they don't play right. great. Colt Miller needs to be at a Pro Bowl level from here on out. 
Andre James, when healthy, has to play at a higher level, and he's a pretty good player in this league. But I just think this is exactly what Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels told us and the media and everybody who was paying attention. Everybody's got to have their head on a swivel and be ready to play. If someone has a bad practice, they might be benched. If someone doesn't play well in a game, they might be moved from one side of the line to the other. They're going to keep everyone's head on a swivel and make sure they're paying attention and always playing better. I like the evaluation system here. I think it's different than GMs and coaches in the past. It seems like it's more demanding. I I think so. And, you know, I don't think anybody believed Josh McDaniel when he went to the podium after they traded for Justin Haran and said Mm -hmm. he's just for depth. You know, a tackle is a premier position to get a guy who knows our system. I think everyone just assumed after the first week that it was clearly, hey, we're, or second week, it's because, hey, we got to get a different person in there. And he was in there a lot, but it was, uh, you know, jumbo packages. It was, they only had two tight ends who were up because Foster Morrow was, was out with the knee injury, and they didn't bring up Cole Fotheringham. They just used Justin Huron to block uh, and, and actually ran play action on some of those. Uh, so, so I think that's, you know, a good indication, I don't know if it's just because it was the Broncos and they felt that they had to run to keep Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb out of the backfield. Um, you know, I'd like to think that they, the running game needs to be as big of a part moving forward as the offense as it was on Sunday. But, you know, only time's going to tell if that's true against Kansas City and then Houston and New Orleans moving forward. Yeah, Jason, this is, I went, before you came on, I went position group by position group, and the Raiders have shortened the gap now because they have Waller, who's not Kelsey, but he's in the conversation. Devontae's better than any receiver they had. If they had Tyreek Hill, you could have a Tyreek Hill Devontae debate. Now you can't. And Hunter Renthrow, if he clears protocol, great slot receiver. And there's an advantage, Mahomes to Carr. We all know that, but there's an opportunity now for the Raiders to get off the bus in Kansas City and say, we got the players. Chandler Jones, if he has a Chandler Jones game like he has in the past, could have two sacks. Mad Max is playing unbelievable. We had a turnover that led to a defensive touchdown. That momentum, what do you think of the momentum going into Kansas City? Well, well, first of all, how about Amik Robertson? You know, there were a lot of people, uh, and, and I've gotten to know them over the last two months, three months, and have had great relationships with everyone who covers the Raiders here the last couple months, and it's been great. But from afar, before the announcement was made, I was just following the team and people that covered and, and all of that stuff. And, and there were a lot when they predicted the roster that just assumed Omnic Robertson wasn't going to make the roster. And in his third year, not only has he made two big plays with the interception and then the fumble return for a touchdown, he's played well in coverage. He's come up to make big tackles. Um, he was a big-time player at Louisiana Tech. Mm-hmm. He was always a high performer, even though he's small. He's open and willing to talk about that. Uh, so, so he played really well. So that's the first thing on, on, the, on the turnover. Um, you know, the momentum, you know, JT, you've, you followed this team for 30 years. It's week to week. If, if, if we show up on Monday night in Kansas City and lose by 17, 20, whatever it is, or even just the fact to give up 35 points, it, going into a bye, I don't know that the momentum carries over. So... I'd like to think that getting a win is huge. It's mm-hmm. big. It was a necessity. It was absolutely crucial. But at the same time, they cannot keep settling for field goals. They know that. That has to change, and it has to change immediately. They, you know, that's one of the reasons you bring in Devontae Adams. Is so that, and, and I realize Renfro hasn't played the last two, days, uh, two games, so that, that certainly plays a role. But, 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 man, does that have to change, and does that have to change fast? 
Jason Horowitz, voice of the Raiders. As we're talking about this, I want to stop and pivot with concussion protocol. Uh, you're a play-by-play sure. voice. You wait until you get the inactives, right? You read the inactives. When you see who's not playing and you wait as long as you can to see who's going to be active, what do you think with all the national media coverage of Tua getting hurt Sunday the week before against Buffalo, staying in the game, coming back in, and then the hit he took at Cincinnati where his hands had the spasms there? It looks like the league is almost backtracking, playing defense now. And I'm concerned, not so much with the Raiders, but around the league, that concussion protocol might go from one week, which we've all been accustomed to, to maybe two, and people being conservative because so many eyeballs are on this topic. So I think, JT, I'm not your norm with, with how people view football. Or maybe I'm becoming more of the norm. Um, there were a lot of people who were, you know, everyone responds one way or the other, but there were a lot of people on Thursday night when Tua took that hit who were like, well, here comes the blah, blah, blah media who's about to crucify the NFL because, you know, this is a physical sport and it shouldn't be and whatever. Look, I, you work with a lot of, and I work with a lot of players uh, who played at a time when your goal and your main objective was to not let anyone know you were hurt. And that mentality still exists. I understand the football mentality of the, the best ability is your availability. I get it. I understand it. I understand why it exists in football. Um, but there is real evidence about what concussions can do to your life mm-hmm. post-football. And, yes, these athletes are paid a high price. They understand the risks. There's no question about that. But there are protocols in place or are supposed to be to protect players from their own instincts to want to play and to protect against teams doing what it certainly looks like happened in, with Miami. And so I am of the belief that just because things were something once a time ago doesn't mean that's how they're supposed to be moving forward. You learn, you see, you understand, we progress. And so when it comes to concussions, look, this is a sport that is a physical sport. There were probably, I think, three or four concussions on Sunday alone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Denzel Perryman suffered one, and we'll see what happens. And, and there were two with the Denver Broncos. So, so, so we will see what happens with those guys moving forward. Um, but I am of the belief that conservative with regards to someone's livelihood is fine. There's Absolutely. nothing wrong with that. I, that's how I believe. But again, that's not how everybody sees no, it. I, agree I didn't with you. grow up in and around football, you know? I agree with you. I think that's important because it's the livelihood, the future lifestyle of these football players only have a window to play for so long. As we're having this conversation and people are listening to us streaming, I get this text coming in. JT, say hi to Jason. Beating the Chiefs in KC Monday night will be the biggest win the Raiders have in a long time. Carr never looked better than last week. Josh is running himself into a Pro Bowl year. Receivers are fine. D's playing better. We can do it. Number two coming Monday night from Phil Villapiano. Your new buddy that you met at the airport. What was that like? Meeting Foo, the legend. Tom Hanks' favorite football player is Phil Villapiano. I, I didn't know the last part there, yeah. but I, uh, so, so I had met, I had talked, I shouldn't say met, I had talked to Phil once before uh, when I used to fill in on Sirius XM NFL radio with my good friend Pat Kerwin, mm-hmm. who knows Phil Villapiano as a New Jersey guy and all of that stuff. And, and, and so Phil had been on our show, oh, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, and I don't even remember the reason. It was an off-season show, and Phil joined us. And, and so I got to know him a little bit through that 15, 20 minutes. And then I'm sitting at the airport. Uh, waiting for the red eye back, and lo and behold, who comes sitting down next to me is a gentleman wearing his alumni shirt, 
and uh, and and I recognized the face, and you had it. You know, he. I, I thought I heard you say that the Phil was going to be on the post game show. He was. We're so gonna... it must have just been top of mind. <laughs> but I introduced myself to him, and uh, and it was great. He, you know, he's a, he's a guy of uh, of you know well known renown, and and uh, he's a very entertaining person. I think. I think he was a little upset that he was sitting in 10D while I got to sit in 3D. I don't think he loved that, uh, <laughs> but he was great. He's the best. You know, I love the red eye, and I, I did the red eye my whole life. My friends back east, you know, I'm from Long Island. I lived out uh-huh. west for more times than I, for more years than I lived back east. And in order to see my parents, in order to see my nieces and nephews, in order to get an extra day doing right. multiple radio shows, I took the red eye, and my friends would say, how do you do it? And I go, well, I can sleep on the plane. I can sleep on the plane with beverages or without. I can fall asleep and wake up and feel good. How are you dealing with the red eyes? Um, I, 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 so I got, so I'm taking the red eye so I can spend two or three hours in the morning with the baby, right. uh, before doing radio shows and back to work and all that stuff. And, uh, I will tell you that until about six, seven o'clock at night that Monday, I am fine. At <laughs> seven, eight o'clock and it's time to put the two older ones to bed. I absolutely am miserable. <laughs> so, uh, it's, it's working for fine. You know, we, uh, I'm not taking the red eye at the Texans game. My uh, my wife is coming out with me. We're going to oh, spend some time with our friends. We're coming to come in from L.A. and uh, we're going to sit down. And you know they're doing some videos. The Raiders are doing some videos and things. And so they want to talk to my wife and sit her down as well. So we're going to stay through Sunday night and come home Monday. And uh, and then I'm actually you'll like this, JT. My nine year old daughter is coming with me for the Colts game. Nice. We're going to we're going to go see a show on Saturday. She's all excited. She's never been to an NFL game. He's the one when everybody was like, hey, what's your touchdown call going to be? What's your t-? And, and, I, and I'm like, I asked, well, the baby doesn't really talk, but I asked the two older kids. I'm like, hey, guys, everybody wants to watch the touchdown. And she just basically screams in the phone, three, two, one, touchdown! <laughs> so, uh, she will be out there, and, and maybe we'll make her part of the broadcast. Absolutely. The Can't wait to meet the family, your wife. The kids and keep coming out. You're doing a hell of a job. Raiders looking for their second win. Hopefully they get it, and we'll recap with you in a couple of weeks. All right, KT. I'll see you soon, bud. You got it, buddy. Jason Horowitz doing a really good job. Talked to a lot of Raider fans, and there's been some great Raider voices before him, and we respect them all. He's the new guy. Make him feel at home. And he's really knocking it out of the park. I'm a big Brent Musburger guy. Greg was a great friend of mine. And I look back to Bill King, who I didn't know, but the Hall of Famer and all that. Raiders have had some really good names. My buddy Rich Murata, who listens to the show. So we were just mentioning Phil Villapiano. Okay? This was fun. So I'm on the post-game show from the Modelo Lounge, and Phil calls. And he wants to come on the show. Okay. All right. If Phil doesn't know if it's satellite or terrestrial. He should, but he didn't. Why, why, why would you? And uh, here's my conversation right after the Raider game inside Allegiant Stadium with Foo. Jason Horowitz on the call with Lincoln Kennedy. JT back at the Modelo Cantina Club. I had a Modelo earlier today in the black hole. It was ice cold. Steve Gomez and the Modelo crew it was dripping wet, ice cold, gorgeous day. About 9.30 in the morning with the black hole. The, the band was going great. The only guy that was missing was Phil Villapiano, Raider legend, checking in from New Jersey on the post game. Foo, what an honor to have you. How are you, my brother? JT, I love that you guys were the icing it down before the game because 
you knew, you knew, JT, like nobody knows we're going to win this game today no matter what. This was do or die. We have a great team, and we finally got on track. I loved, loved, loved the game today, JT. Foo. Normally, a one, an zero and three game to one and three isn't make or break. This is make or break. This is a brand new market in Vegas, brand new stadium, millions and millions of revenue, fans watching all over. They just needed a win. They got it, and I thought Josh Jacobs on the ground, well over a hundred yards, foo was the key. I love Josh. Josh, unbelievable. But I also, and we've we've been waiting. I've been waiting. Anyway, I don't know we've been waiting, but I've been waiting for Derek Carr to throw the ball exactly where it needs to be thrown, and he did it today. He put the ball right in the right place, and Josh was running the ball, and I loved it. And our defense was explosive, and... Who's this number 51? I love number 51, our linebacker. Phil, we needed the win. We will talk to you soon. I'll talk to you this week as you're scheduled on Raider Nation Radio. Kansas City's playing tonight at live as we speak. You know, I don't root for injuries for anybody, but maybe a little banged up coming out of the game. Short week for them. Is running the ball and defense the key? You won many games in your career in Kansas City. How do the Raiders go into the bye week and win that game in Kansas City? You must be nasty. You must be nasty, JT. You don't go into KC and be a little patty cake. You go in there and slap them, slap them, tackle that horse, with the, do everything. JT, go in there, throw everything you got at them, and... Mr. Coach, Josh, come up with something. Thanks, Foo. That's how you win this game. Thank you, Foo. From New Jersey, on the couch, Phil Villapiano. Okay. All right, that was Phil checking in. So he wasn't in New Jersey. He was actually in Vegas going to the airport to get with Jason Horowitz on the red eye. So Phil Villapiano, I'll never forget that. A lot of fun. A couple of bleeps and burrs along the way. Yes, Bobby, good on the edits there. Yeah, I got time for one more here. Let's get passionate Raider on the radio. He deserves Zach ahead. You're up next. What's up, JT? Thanks, thanks for getting me on, Bobby. Great job doing the show, man. JT, you know, this, Jason hit it on the head, man. That, 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 that middle of the field and that defense, that has to get better, and these touchdowns have to get scored. But what I got fired up over today just that we're thinking about is we just came off of a good – good home division win against the Broncos that has this team fired up to go into Kansas City this week and play some meaningful football. Go into their home again and handle business. Everyone's on the same page right now. I, I Man, JT, this is all we got to do. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, opens up everything else. Running that ball, Jacobs puts fire and momentum into that defense, man. Him and Crosby just vibe together really good, man. So I got a good feeling about this week, JT, in Kansas City, man. I think this is going to be the one we we get after Mahomes and we really get after Mahomes and get his jersey real dirty this week, JT. Have a great day. Thanks for taking my call, Yeah, thank you for calling. 
Raiders. Yeah, I think the getting Mahomes on the ground is going to be really important because Mahomes, when he doesn't go to the ground, keeps the play alive, and you just can't cover that long. You just can't. They, these guys get open. They keep running. They keep pivoting, and Mahomes just holds it, holds it, holds it, acts like he's going out of bounds, and then boom, flip pass for a touchdown. Max has got to get him down, and Chandler Jones has to have a big game. One hour up. Another big one coming up. Your phone calls and Paul Gutierrez from ESPN as we're brought to you by Virgin Hotels, Las Vegas.